From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Dan from DocuPhase. Dan, it's really nice to have you on. Well, thanks for having me, Brad. Absolutely. I'm excited for today's discussion. So, Dan, can you kick us off by telling me a bit about yourself as well as your company and what you guys are doing? Yeah, my name is Dan Gardner. I'm CEO of DocuPhase. I've been with DocuPhase a little bit over three years now. We're in Tampa, Florida. We focus on financial automation. What that means is helping the finance department automate some of those back office tasks like accounts payable, invoice approval process, expense reporting, stuff like that. That's awesome. So who's a typical customer for you guys? What size company? What's your market? Yeah, we usually focus on mid to large and and sometimes enterprise organizations. The good thing about our business is that we can service pretty much any company that has an accounting department. All all companies are either processing payments through consumers or collecting payments for for vendors or organization. Our industry is really just anybody that's got a typical amount of volume that they're trying to improve around accounting processes. That's awesome. So you mentioned you've been here about three years and have been growing the company and all that. What's that journey look like for you? Yeah, I started with a computer science degree coming out of school and really focused on product and engineering for consumer-faced businesses like an autotrader.com or remax.com and working on the consumer online presence, really driving that. And I would say about a decade ago, transferred into more of SaaS software around financial payments, collecting payments, providing SaaS solution for many different types of organizations, associations, nonprofits, and now financial departments and accounting system, building upon that SaaS. And I've pivoted through the years of product and technology background to more focused on CEO kind of leadership across the organization now. Awesome. So when you stepped into DocuPhase, what were the things on the roadmap, on the agenda that you you know put in place to really grow the company? Interesting story. As soon as I started at DocuPhase, the world changed dramatically. COVID was right starting in its prime as soon as I took over as CEO. So it was a lot of adjustments right at the beginning, right? Trying to figure out how to have a team work remote how to develop a culture and introduce myself to a team when I physically can't meet anybody face-to-face. So we had to overcome those challenges at first. But quite honestly, the what we do, we caught some tailwinds from COVID as, as, a, as a benefit to us as a business. Like I talked about, we provide automation. When you think about automation, what that really means is creating efficiencies through old manual processes, such as collecting a payment in the mail, taking that payment or taking that invoice and bill that you got in the mail and manually entering that into your ERP, your accounting solution, and then running through emails or running through departments and trying to get the IT team to approve this invoice. And then Sally's got to improve this. And those old processes that we all, you know, worked with on every day, they've really forced organizations to change that quickly when, you know, everybody was working home, working from home, working remote. It really took some of those technology laggers and really accelerated that. And our business grew from it. We were able to provide value and need at the time. We've had some adjustments to make as an organization with having some great growth. And how do we scale that? How do we grow that ourselves? Absolutely. Any tactics and strategies that have worked particularly well to grow in this space? Yeah, I think the first thing that we had to do is when I came in here, so our biggest path to growth and building new customers was through trade shows and big events. Like we would Hmm. go to all the largest accounting. We partnered with Microsoft, Oracle, Acumatica, SAP, and we would have a huge presence in these networks and and go to these trade shows. And that's how we grow most of our business. But the biggest thing there was as soon as COVID hit, what happened with trade shows, right? And and so we were forced real quickly to 
how are we going to continue to grow this business? How are we going to continue to drive new customers? One takeaway and learn from that is you got to make sure that you're really diversifying your marketing strategy. I talk to my team all the time about eliminating single points of failure. We had a, a really single point of failure around driving new customers and that was trade shows and events. So quickly we made the adoption to content was extremely important, starting to do thought leaderships, online webinars, building more content. We were investing in paid search through Google and Captera, LinkedIn. We really just started spreading where we were in our presence and diversifying that. So we had multiple channels working for us and it worked. We had some great growth and eliminated that risk of future, like having a, a specific channel slow down and kill our growth a little bit. So it was a one Absolutely. Big... How do you decide which channels to go for? I know there's like a million options out there. And probably really know until you really get into it, hey, is this going to get us results? So how'd you decide? And that's just it. You don't know. I've always lived by, and we do that, do this here at DocuPhase, is let's not be afraid to try different things, but let's fail fast, right? If we see something that's not converting, not working, let's make a pivot and a switch. We kind of identified through the team and some experience of you know, the team that we had put together that we felt good that these areas were going to create impact. So we invested time early, and then we started spreading that out and trying different things and just continuing to build off of that, see what's manage the metrics and see what's performing and what's not and make the adjustments as you need to. Absolutely. So you've been around the block and have probably seen it all. Are there any landmines that others out there should avoid that you're like, Hey, for sure, watch out for this, that, the other thing. Yeah. As a like first time CEO or, or entrepreneur. Yeah. Just as a CEO, maybe you have less experience and, and yeah. what are some of those things for sure? Like don't get bogged down here or there. Yeah, I'd say early in leadership, I'll tell you, I think most CEOs make a mistake, including myself, is taking on the first time role of a CEO. You tend to think about margins and shortcuts and expense. You're really ma managing that bottom line, right? And the biggest learning experience for me is that sometimes you should have probably, instead of trying to find that diamond in the rough and save $30,000 on a hire, maybe you should have spent a little bit extra to get that ramped experienced person that could come in and immediately make impact. And Or from a technology and software, there's, there's things that First time CEOs that are watching margins tend to say, you know what, maybe I won't invest in that technology or I won't invest in that product, even though it might make your team a lot better and more productive and more efficient. So you tend to hold off on that stuff. And I think you learn over time of, ah, it actually takes a little bit more to ramp and it, it takes a little bit more of my team's time when I should have just invested maybe in the technology, but even so in the hiring. So you, know, the, you think about the ramp time of somebody that doesn't have industry experience, or maybe they just have a few years experience in their own career, they're younger and if without making that combination of investing in some experience, plus bringing up those up and coming, I think, I guess the short answer there is don't be afraid to spend some money up front on areas where you feel like you're going to get good productivity gains. I think you know, cutting yourself short and saving some dollars here may slow your growth in the long run. Totally agree. I think I've done that in the past. We're hiring for a number of roles right now. And I think the discussion was, ah, oh, do we go with this person that has less experience, might need some mentorship and all this and it's, oh man, we're just growing so fast now, though. I don't know if anyone has the time for that. Yeah. Sure. So obviously it depends on your situation as a company. We might be, you know, there to do that later. But I think you're right. Whenever you have that decision of, hey, just feeling like you want to make a decision versus later, it, it's probably the better solution is, even though it costs more, is the right one. Don't let cost be the number one reason for making a decision. I'll say that. It's exactly. Just it should be a part of the decision for sure. And I think you can find that balance, but there's certain areas where maybe it's time to spend a little versus wait. For sure. Let's talk about content, thought leadership, LinkedIn. You mentioned thought leadership as one of the mar marketing diversifications you've, you've made. How have you approached that and how does LinkedIn tie into that? All that stuff. 
Yeah, we believe content is the biggest way for us to continue to grow the organization. If you look at what's happening today from a marketing standpoint in, in the software industry, I, I get to, as a CEO, the title as a CEO, I get hit from everybody, right? From a BDR, SDR, um, my my cell phone, my emails, you name it. They're finding ways LinkedIn to connect, and and it, it becomes a lot of noise. So you got to really figure out how to differentiate yourself. And so I think you do that with content, right? If you can provide something of value, whether it's a thought leadership piece, maybe it's an industry trend piece. Of, if there's something that I feel like I'm going to get out of it, I'm more likely to probably maybe download that or open up a contact or an email and read something that if you're providing value versus just that that cold approach of, hey, can we set up a demo? I'd love to tell you more about how we can grow your business. I get a hundred of those a day. I'm sure you do as well. Figuring out how to leverage content to differentiate yourself is key. And so what you asked specifically on LinkedIn, like a strategy we deploy on LinkedIn is we'll have a white paper on industry trends and what's happening from a financial software management. And we'll post, we'll create a, you know, maybe a five page, just white paper view that they can download on LinkedIn. And we'll run advertising campaign on that white paper. Instead of just promoting our business and our brand, we're really promoting a thought leadership piece. They're downloading that. If we did our, if we did a good job and they like what they read, they're more likely going to reach out to us when they're ready to engage in solving some of those challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I get a zillion of those emails every day. Okay. We can help you do this. We can help you do that. It's all this stuff. And it's really not, doesn't stand out unless. I recognize the name as someone that's posting on LinkedIn or thought leader in the space. And it's, oh, this, I might not always reply, but it, it definitely stands out a bit more than an anonymous person that I don't know. Yeah. And you know what happens in behind the scenes really is you make that name recognition on LinkedIn. And then when you send it into, into an email, like two days later, you, you get so many email, you're like, I think I know that Brad guy. Like I should open this up and read it. So you catch you that way of like, it's just, yeah. Multiple ways of creating awareness for your brand, for yourself. Those inboxes are noisy, right? So how you can find a way to stand out is important. And some of that can yeah. just, I think I might know this person. I should open it. <laughs> exactly. And you recognize the company too. If I, I imagine if I downloaded your white paper and read it, and then someone hits me up a few weeks later, it's like, I know of this company versus it just being an unknown company. That's right. For sure. Exactly. What's one of the, the biggest challenges you face when growing this company that maybe you didn't expect or you're like, hey, there's a big lesson learned here? Yeah, honestly, it's it's been growing and scaling the company as, as we've seen some great growth in our organization, implementing software and finding experts in accounting and finance, like hiring those people. It takes time to ramp up individuals in the business. So really getting out in front of that growth and, and hiring thoughtful that you don't want to overspend over hire, but you want to be thoughtful and and making sure you're getting ahead of the curve. And so that's been a lesson learned. I think also too, as a CEO advice I have for anybody is really having that own personal check of how well are you communicating across the entire organization? I think when that, when you realize that, you know, communication and transparency from top to bottom, bottom up is critical to the business. The more that they understand the challenges, uh, and understand the vision, the more likely they're going to be to make an impact and, and help you drive towards growth. So if if you can think of as a CEO, like constantly making communication up and down a priority, and we do that through, you know, consistent town halls on a monthly basis, our newsletter digest, our surveys and feedback, we really take to heart hearing back from our employees because you're going to identify pocket areas where you need some attention and make some improvements. And then what, one department that may be perfect and, and doing well one day 
three months might be your new problem next time. It's a continuous evolving thing as you bring in more people, the market economy changes. It's just something that you just constantly need to work on in terms of communication and transparency from top to bottom. Absolutely. So you've previously been the CTO. Is there anything that you didn't learn until you were the CEO that you're like, oh, I'd want to know this when I was CTO? One thing about being CEO is it can be a very lonely position. The highs are high and the lows can be very lonely and low. <laughs> There's a, you're taking on kind of the stress and the solution of every department, right? Whereas as a C-suite CTO, you're in charge of driving product and engineering product strategy and, and technology and compliance security. That's just one section, right? Being a CEO, there's multiple areas and you got to find the balance of, you know, keeping, keeping an eye and driving all parts of the different departments. So it's key to build a strong team around you that you can lean on and support. Absolutely. Any last words of wisdom, advice as we wrap up today? You asked the question earlier, if I could go back in time, one thing, one thing I would tell myself before, it really is a, finding that balance and taking some time for yourself as well, right? It's a, you can put a lot of work on yourself as CEO and it is a lot of work and no matter what size the organization is, but finding that balance is going to give you the right mindset to continue to, to grow the business and drive the business. And I think we've been successful. I've been successful because we put a big focus on culture and I know that everybody says culture is key, right? It really truly is. And I believe that. And I think behind every strong growth story is usually an organization that has strong culture and has employees that like what they do and therefore they've created strong results. And we believe that we build that into our organizations. If I had any advice for anybody is don't underestimate culture and quality of work and for your employees, the happier they are, the better results they're going to, they're going to provide for you. And we've lived by that. Absolutely. Dan, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights today. All right. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it.